Well, we're in the final week of our three-part message series called Playlist. We've been looking at popular songs that you might have been hearing on the radio, and we're, and we're pulling spiritual truth out of these songs. All right, listen, uh, to reach people nobody's reaching, we've got to do things nobody's doing. So we're trying to do something that's a little bit di- different. Jesus frequently used parables to teach from. Parables were stories looking on an ordinary life, and then Jesus would extract a biblical truth, making the teaching sticky. When you come back across the ideas, you find that the story and teaching are memorable. In many ways, our modern parables are found in music. Music permeates our society, and we're taking some of the lyrics, and we're extracting a biblical truth from them. In week one, we talked about a million reasons. You may have a million reasons why you want to give up, why you want to stop and quit, why you want to walk away, but you just need one good reason to stay the course. It's an important message to go back and listen to. It's all about what Jesus did for all of us, a beautiful story. Week two, we heard scars to your beautiful. And who doesn't have something that we wouldn't like to, you know, tweak about our bodies? Our image becomes distorted in the way that we look at ourselves. What we need to do is to look at the way that God sees us. That was week two. And I encourage you, go back and listen to that one as well. Now, last week, I was walking in the mall. From one end to the other, I heard both songs, A Million Reasons and Scars to Your Beautiful. It reminded me of what we had talked about during this series. It came back to me too. Then, the next day, I was walking at Bulk Barn, and Griffin was with me. And he said that he really liked the song that was playing. It just so happened that the song that he really liked was, is today's song. Today we're going to be teaching out of the song something just like this. Now this message is, is for those of us who feel like we're simply not enough. That we don't quite measure up to the standard. We're not enough at home. We're not enough at work. We're not enough as a coach or as a parent or as a teacher, and we're not enough as a coworker. We just don't ever really measure up. There's always someone who is just so obviously better than us. The truth is that we all have a spiritual enemy, Satan, who the Apostle Peter says goes about prowling around like like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour now, now, John, John was one of Jesus' close friends. And John calls him the father of lies. And he says that he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's our enemy. He's your enemy. And he would love for you to begin to think that you just simply are not enough. Lies. When we hear these lies over and over again put into our minds, what happens is that we end up feeling that we're just not enough. We feel like our life has been stolen from us. We feel like our hope has been choked. The lies come. The lies steal. The lies kill. 
and the lies destroy. We create a standard for ourselves because we look on at the highlight reels of social media, of those around us, and we compare it to our behind-the-scenes stuff. We recognize, man, we're not like that. We don't measure up to some mark. And we create this idea of perfection and a standard that we simply can't obtain in ourselves. And if we're honest with ourselves, what we realize is that every single one of us at some level would say, man, we just don't feel like we're enough. We are practiced at not being enough. It's a habit. It can be my habit. Is it yours? You know, I still struggle with this, sadly. But fortunately, I have had some wise friends who remind me of this, and they remind me to not speak like that, to not breathe life into those thoughts. You see, why are you selling this place short, Graham? Why are you cutting yourself down? I came here because it connects with me. Please don't make it seem like there is somewhere that is better that I should be. It's not always easy to hear, but I needed to hear that. I need to be reminded to not put a voice to that mental battle that argues that I am not enough. Today, through God's word, you're going to find out that you're exactly who you need to be for God. And with that we intro, we're going to read some of the lyrics to this song. All right, here it goes. I've been reading books of old, the legends and the myths. Achilles and his gold, and Hercules and his gifts. Spider-Man's control, and Batman with his fists. And clearly, I don't see myself upon that list. She said, where do you want to go? How much you want to risk? I'm not looking for somebody with some superhuman gifts, some superhero, some fairy tale bliss. Just something I can turn to, somebody I can kiss. I want something just like this. Don't those lyrics resonate? Well, the reason I feel like they do is because we all want somebody. I want somebody to believe in me, to want something like this. We want someone to believe in us. We struggle with this because there have been so many lies, so many cutting comments, so many discouragements. So many who are just seen as better. We simply don't believe in ourselves. We don't believe in ourselves and we don't know how to care about what God thinks about us. I can't feel it. I can't sense it. It doesn't seem as real as what I am really experiencing. Now the way we think matters. That's why we've been focusing on words to live by and telling yourself the truth all year. We struggle to believe, to trust that God is involved in regular moments and not just the highlight reel stuff. We simply do not realize how much God believes in us. And many times throughout God's word in various ways and from various people, God speaks to how much he loves us, what he thinks of us. This goes way beyond what we do. This has to do with what God actually thinks about you. But many times we can't even hear those promises or truths because of the way that we have been practicing thinking about ourselves. 
I want you to pause for a moment, okay? Maybe even close your, mind, your eyes if, if, if that helps for a moment and just hear what God's Word says. And if you've heard this before, try to take it in like you haven't heard it before. From Psalm 139. For you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. Then then jump ahead um, to the letter to the Ephesian Christians, the church in Ephesus, chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Last time we talked about this scripture and how it applies to us. You are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good work, which God prepared in advance for you to do. It doesn't matter who you are. Isn't it amazing to stop and think about that verse and to realize that at some point God said, okay, What do I want to put into Chris or to Keith or to John or to Jeremy? What are the gifts that I want to put into Rachel and Allison and Jennifer? What are the things that they will need in order to accomplish the good works I have set out for them? He knit you together in your mother's womb, in your inmost being, the gifts, the talents, the way you have. He put them in you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Many times we have had a real hard time hearing a verse like this. And I would suspect that that some of you are, are even arguing with me right now in your head. Yeah, I know, but you don't know me. I'm not really what you think. I'm no masterpiece. I'm just a piece of work. Now listen, here's the deal. You're not arguing with me. You're arguing with God. That's his word, not mine, okay? Here's the thing, and hear this part, okay? Many times the reason that we can't hear things like this and see it is because you see all of the things that you are not. You are starting at what you are not. God sees all of the things that you are, and more importantly, can be in Christ. When I decided to allow myself to become involved in the pursuit of Jesus, I had some natural ability, and that propped me up into a place where in my teens, I was given increasing leadership responsibilities. As many young leaders do, I began to look at people around me for their approval to see if I was doing well. The problem was, though, that this didn't just become a one-time deal. It became a chronic situation in my life where I looked on all the time and would try to live from the approval of other people and try to figure out if I'm okay. Am I enough? And it became chronic. But as I walked in Christ, I began to understand more about what God thinks about me. I no longer need to live for the approval of other people but rather from the approval that I have in Christ. Maybe God really did want something just like this. 
Here's the thing. Truth be known, 
That song resonates with us at a really deep level because we realize we want somebody to want something just like this. To want something just like you. To want somebody something just like me. Not that you, that many times you project to your friends and project to social media and project to your coworkers. Not that you. I mean the you that you actually look at in the mirror every morning. That one. That you. The you that you are when you lay your head down on the pillow at night and the thoughts come rushing on. That you. You want somebody to want something just like that. Because it resonates so deeply within. It's a soft spot. It's a tender part. Because of the vulnerableness, many times our enemy will whisper lies like, no one wants something like you. If they just knew this, if they just knew that, right? You're not enough. There's somebody better than you. Here's a transformative truth. You may not be who you want to be, but because of Christ, you're exactly who God needs you to be. You may not be who you want to be just yet, right? You've got your failure resume and that you'll toss up here and begin to try and convince yourself and anyone who will listen why you can't be used and why you're not qualified and why you're not prepared and why you're not enough. And the truth be known, because of Christ, you are exactly who God needs you to be. In the first letter to the church in Corinth, to the Corinthians, verse 1, we see a beautiful chapter one, we see a beautiful truth. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God. Everybody say, but God. But God. The reason we emphasize it when we see the big butts of the Bible is for a good reason. There is a problem, but God. It means that usually it's going to get a little bit better for us. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things, the things that are not, to nullify the things that are a scripture like this we love because we recognize a scripture like this speaks to the underdog. Who doesn't love a good underdog story? Who doesn't love a story where we know that we are the underdog? We know that we are under-equipped. We know that we're the ones who are feeling exposed. We are the ones feeling vulnerable. But we are the ones feeling like it's all just about to crash in on us. But... God. We love it when all of a sudden, but God shows up and God intervenes and God saves us. God works together in all things for them that love him. We love the intervention of God in our lives when, we, when he empowers, when he emboldens, when he enables, when he fights on our team. In the book of Hebrews, there's a chapter that's known as the Faith Hall of Fame. The Hall of Heroes. Where is it? Does anybody know? Hebrews 
11, right. Hebrews 11 is where there's a chronicling, kind of a remembering of all these biblical characters that get talked about from the Old Testament. People like Noah, Abraham, who became the father of many nations, uh, Moses, God partnered with Moses to split the Red Sea and lead Israel out of the bondage of Egypt. <coughs> David, a man after God's own heart. Who wouldn't want that as their epitaph, right? A man after God's own heart. Those are some of the big boys, the heavyweights, the major leaguers. Those guys were awesome. They belong in Hebrews chapter 11. They're like superheroes. But really? How about we expand that just a little bit and, and look at the totality of their life as revealed in Scripture? One of the things I love about the way God ensured the storytelling was recorded in the different letters and books collected up to be the Bible is that he doesn't set his heroes and his leaders up on a pedestal like they're at some kind of unattainable level that you could never get to. Listen to this. You want to talk about Noah? Okay. Did you realize that Noah actually had a moment where he became so drunk he passed out in front of his children? Naked? Awkward. Abraham. Let's remember Abraham for a moment. Abraham had a time when he got so worried about Pharaoh killing him that Abraham lied about his relationship with his wife and said that she was his sister. Moses? Moses lost his temper and killed a guy and then ran off and hid for 40 years in the desert before he was used by God. David, the man after God's own heart, he committed adultery with a lady and then he had her husband killed to try and cover it up. Understand this truth. God honors them for their faith, not for their perfection. God honors them for their faith, not for their perfection. And suddenly, I'm perfectly qualified. I'm qualified because I'm not perfect. Forget about comparing yourselves to Bible characters or to people around you or to people you have heard about. God honors people for their faith, not for their perfection. When Jesus gets involved in your life and all of a sudden faith steps in, the Holy Spirit of God empowers you to act. You have your own but God moments. Maybe you're not who you want to be. You know who you are. You're not where you want to be just yet. But because of Jesus, you're exactly who God needs you to be. When faith steps in, things change. Faith in Christ makes extraordinary heroes out of ordinary people. Imagine Moses standing at the banks of the Red Sea. He's got the Israelite people behind him, and behind them are the Egyptians, descending with chariots to come and capture them and take them back to slavery or kill them. What's he going to do? God tells him, take your staff. And he thinks, take my what? We have a serious problem here, not a sheep tending problem. But he takes his staff and he puts it in the water and the waters part. How's that for a but God moment? But what did he do then? What did he do to make it happen? Obedience and then bam, but God. Could you imagine the awe? the humility and the wonder that he must have felt in that moment. Oh, there is just no way that he was expecting that. 
to be used by God in such a way that a sea parts and his entire nation walks through the parted waves and they are walking on dry ground? It's pretty amazing, right? At the same moment, you know he had another thought. Who am I to be doing this right now? Seriously, I'm just holding this staff and then out of nowhere, I'm parting the entire sea. The realization must have hit right now, right at this moment. God is using me. God is working through me to save the lives of all the Israelites, my entire nation. God is using me in a phenomenal matter. And I am so acutely aware that I am just so, so ordinary. I'm, I'm just ordinary. Moses may not have been who he really wanted to be in that moment, but God. So then comes a question. If God's going to use us, how do we position ourselves to be used by God? Because that's the thing that we are really trying to get to today. You don't want to walk through life to be known as the person who's just a, a selfish sucker that is just always out for you. you. You don't want that. What you want is to be known as a person who made this world a better place, who pushed people around you to be better. For those of us who are on this road trip in earnest pursuit of Christ, we say to ourselves, you know what? We do that by God's Spirit empowering us and prompting us to lead us step by step on our journey, right? Many times we'll take this concept and we make it so mysterious and so nebulous that you just don't even know. I don't even know where to start. People say all the time, I don't know God's will for my life. I just don't know. Let me make this entry-level step really, really simple for you. How do you know you're going to be in the middle of God's will? How do you get in step with the Spirit? How are you going to be used by God? Be available. Be obedient. That's it. That's all you have to do to get on the right path. Just keep being available and being obedient. The next step happens after the first one, and you, and you won't know it in advance. You don't have to be a celebrity. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be in full-time ministry. You don't have to have every book in the Bible memorized. Be honest. Be humble. Be on mission. Speak to him with sincerity and say, I'm here, God. I'm available, I will be obedient. The prophet Isaiah, he was having a vision in Isaiah 6. He sees God in his holy temple. God's robes are filling the temple. It's so holy and so amazing and it's overwhelming for him. Woe is me, woe am I. I'm an unclean man. My life is unclean. What am I doing here? It's this kind of a thought. And then you hear God say, who will go for us? Whom shall we send? And Isaiah says the quintessential Isaiah thing. Here am I, Lord. Send me. I'm here. I may not be who I want to be just yet, but man, I'm here. I'm available. I'm obedient. I'll do it. I'll trust you. 
When you're willing to do what others won't, God will use you to accomplish what others can't. When you're willing to do what others won't, God will use you to accomplish what others can't. What is it that you need to step into? What is it that others won't that you need to step into that? Maybe for you, you've got a good friend or a family member or, or, or somebody who's going through something that's very, very difficult. Step in. Guess what? The Bible says when you go and God prompts you and you're available and you're obedient and you go, don't worry about the words that you're going to say. God says, I'm going to give them to you when you get there. Don't worry about it. Be available. Be obedient. Watch for the interruptions and be ready to claim them as opportunities. When you do, what you're going to realize is you're going to help a friend. You didn't even know that you had that gear, that pastoral gear, that loving gear. You didn't even realize it's there, but God's going to pull it right out of you at the exact moment to help a friend. You're willing to step into that when others won't. Maybe you need to step in and volunteer to serve here at Into One. With kids, we need some help. With music, we can always use somebody else. With media, we need some more hands, some more ideas. With administration, we need some help there too. With visitation, there are no end of people that we could be in contact with. With building maintenance, this place has got to work and it can distract if it's not well maintained. With a prayer ministry, we need people to be engaged and involved in prayer strategically with us and for us. Maybe you need to step in and get trained to be a restore care planner. I've been delaying and explaining it away and saying how I'm busy and I've got this thing going on and I've got that going on. But you know what? Years are just clicking by. And I'm not changing. I'm not doing anything different. You're not. Because you're not available. And you're not being obedient. It's that simple. You can't continue to do the same thing and expect a different result. That's the definition of insanity. Be available. Be obedient. Jump in. You want to see your faith grow? We're all about your faith growing into one. That is what our, our, our whole mission is about. I want to see your faith grow. Get active and engaging with our faith catalysts. Get in on some practical teaching. Start practicing your private disciplines. Get connected through personal ministry. Be on the lookout and be open to providential relationships. And pray and connect with someone through pivotal circumstances. If you train up a child in the way they should go, when they're old, they will not depart from it. Part of that training is an example to your kids and to other people's kids. Will you please be a good example to my kids? You can do something I cannot. Together, we can encourage each other to not give up on this road trip in earnest pursuit of Jesus. Don't let anyone walk alone. And when you're willing to do what others won't, God's going to use you to accomplish what others can't. You see, God's not looking for some superhero, some superhuman gift, some fairy tale bliss. God's looking for someone just like you. Available. 
You can be available. Obedient. You can be obedient. You simply say, here I am, Lord, send me. Kind Father, I thank you for your word that transforms our lives and speaks truth into us. And that truth then transforms us to be agents of change for your glory. King Jesus, set us free to trust you, to work in partnership with you by being available and obedient. Here we are, Lord. Send us. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Amen. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. Be blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You may be seated. It's better when you're here. It's better when we're together. The more we connect, the better it gets. And now into one, I send you out as the church. And I remind you that we are Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and mission-focused. We are on mission, everyone, everywhere, all the time. Thanks. Have a great week. Really hope to see you again next week. Bye.